This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 182. Well, it's Badger Week and whenever it's Badger Week, we always bring in our favorite Badger reporter, Todd Molesky. Todd, thanks for joining us again. Hey, I I would, at this point, I would probably be offended if I didn't get <laughs> an invitation on a Badger go for a week, right? Yeah. No, but no, uh, no thanks. So I, I, I do appreciate you. You're reaching. No, I have to check. This you, is always fun. I, I, so I, I love doing this. I'd have to check, but I think you're actually moving up the number of times you've been a guest. You're getting, I think, I think Frank Mazzacco's the top and I'll have, I could check, but you're getting close to tying him and, 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 and you know, so you go twice a year now. So. Hey, um, I'll, it's hey, it's a big any, rivalry. It is any list I can be on with Frank. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, I don't. I don't need to be passing Frank, but I, I think we're going to need to have like our SNL host type thing. So like it'll be Gaffin's dad. So you're approaching like the Steve Martin territory. Yeah, you know? the five-time club. The yeah. five-timers. Uh, five-time club. Right. Oh, hey, well, Viggs, how are you doing? You doing good too? You just had a birthday this weekend. You got a nice birthday gift, didn't you, Viggs? I did get a nice uh, birthday gift. I was hoping for a USA Canada game. You know, I wasn't going to get greedy and hope for the U.S. team to win. But it was an amazing performance by them. And congrats on the gold for the boys. As you can see, if you're watching, I've got the old USA jersey in the corner here in in honor of the gold medal. And uh, it was thanks to quite a few Gophers and Badgers. You know, Badgers on the offense, Gophers on the defense, Todd, that uh, mightily contributed to this gold medal. And, you know, I was surprised as well. But in in that that gold medal game, it seemed like they withstood that first 10 minutes because that first 10 minutes, they did nothing. And they just kind of, okay, didn't have the crowd against them. And then they finally got into the game and they shut out the Canadians. Well, that was the thing, right, that – Canada had been so strong coming out of the gate in every game they played so far to that point. So what was that push going to be like knowing that, I mean, when you're Canada in a gold medal game of the world juniors, there's some expectations from an entire country, right? Plus you're in your own country. (laughs) There were no fans, but that expectation level has got to be like, up here, <laughs> yeah, some serious pressure on that. Right, and yeah, there is. Kids. So if if they score early, that that turns down a little bit, maybe, and they they get you know they feel a little bit more comfortable. Like this is like every other game they've played so far. Um, but yeah, the U.S. did did a good enough job of you know just pushing them outside and and, and hanging on in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, no, none of it was pretty, I don't think. But isn't that 
<laughs> good enough? I mean, does well, it matter? Well, Viggs, you know, they came in. Canada hadn't given up a five-on-five goal. They hadn't lost. They hadn't been losing or been losing in the entire tournament. Some say maybe their their schedule was a little soft. I would disagree. They did shut off the Russians. Didn't they shut out the Russians the night before? Yeah, but I don't think the Russian team this year was as good as the Russian team usually is. They had some COVID issues with their team selection and things like that. I think what happened to Team Canada is they fell into one of those elite team traps where they're so used to scoring on the rush, they're so used to scoring on the power play, that when you don't get those chances and you have to create in-zone offense, like get your ground game going, and you're up against another elite team, sometimes you just don't have it, especially with like a group like this where they haven't played a lot of games together. You know, that takes a little bit of sequencing. And I just think they couldn't get over that hump. And, and USA, I thought, did a pretty good job of extinguishing plays and relieving pressure. You know, that uh, Zagros line was fun to watch. I don't think they played hardly any shifts in their own D zone. That's so critical for a team to have success, to have a line like that that's your pressure release. And then everybody gets on the same page and, you know, they didn't score pretty goals. But that's just like, who cares if it's a pretty goal? It's a goal. Yeah, it's winning hockey. It, that's so true. And, and Todd, you know, like you said, they, they started slow, they, then, but then they got some puck possession. And then they had some puck possession in the Canadian zone. And then they got that goal. And then that's what just, yeah. that was it. It was, it was really a 50-50 game the rest of the game once that happened. It was those top two lines back to back. Uh, on that first goal, the 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 line with uh, with with Caulfield on it kind of set it up. Had a good thirty forty five seconds in the zone, uh, got off and and for the Zegers line, um, and man, <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of those where you know every time you you felt Canada had something coming, it it didn't go in, but that one you did feel coming for the U.S. That yes, like, it it was it was there, and they they actually just popped it in, but. Um, yeah, I mean, two games in a row, Alex Turcotte scored the first goal for them, which was, I mean, for a guy that's not, I mean, he had a, a World Juniors last year, Hitman Caulfield, that, you know, not very memorable for either one of them. And <laughs> um, so for for Turcotte to, to kind of turn that around and score that big of a goal in, in the gold medal game, I know he's, you know, that, that's that's huge for him. I mean, now he goes to, LA and tries to, to to make that opening night roster, but um, yeah, what a, what a finish for him to to end up uh, with the tournament with I mean three goals, but I mean two pretty important ones in back to back games. He did get banged up a little bit in the game. He came back mm-hmm. out, so that was that was nice to see as well. Um, but really, Viggs, I guess you could say that the ultimate story was the goaltending by night. Um, you know, he had a rough start at the tournament. Uh, but ever since that first Russian game, holy cow, was he good. Yeah, that, that first night, it seemed like he was trying to do too much, and he was just kind of giving the game away. And I think having a night off to, to watch and kind of get back in the atmosphere really helped him, and he was lights out when the team needed him. You know, He's a big athletic goalie. I think coming in the tournament, you thought Askarov for Russia and Knight for the U.S. are the two top goalies, and they're really going to – decide what happens here from that standpoint in terms of who could maybe give Canada a run and night came through for the U S it was kind of interesting to see the scar of watch 
Finland get their medals when he went home empty-handed because he did not have a good world junior last year either. So I think for him, that was kind of a tough, tough game to handle because he didn't have a great team in front of him. You know, obviously we've got 1980 gold Russians, communists, blah, blah, blah. But boy, I think it's a lot funner these days to beat the Canadians, Todd. It's just, it's, it's fun. It, it was going through my head during that game that, you know, every, I, I think a lot of people thought that was Canada's game to lose. That mm-hmm. the, the way they had set everything up, um, they hadn't shown a lot of weakness, especially, I mean, maybe in a couple of games where, where it was out of hand and, and they could afford it. But um, then the U.S. scores and it's like, uh, you know, Drago's cut. And uh, uh, that, that, that's what popped into my head is like, oh, well, we haven't seen this. So so let's see where this goes. And uh, we saw where it went. But, um, yeah, it, it, those U.S. and Canada games, I mean, it's, if that tournament is, I mean, you, you can pick pick your game, pick your matchup, and it's like there's something exciting about almost all of them now, which, yes. is, which is pretty cool that – and especially this year where there's no other hockey going on those couple of days, you know, the college there, obviously there was some stuff going on around it, but um, man, that uh, you're never get, uh, let's hope, uh, let's hope we don't ever get anything like that again, where the NHL isn't playing during that time. And, and and we've got no fans in the crowd, but uh, man, it's, it's never going to be like that again. So, I mean, to have the U S win it in those circumstances too, when you know, everyone's watching pretty good. I think it would be kind of cool for the NHL to recognize how big these games are and put that semifinal and gold medal night as nights where the NHL's off. So yeah. they can really focus on the next wave of talent coming through. Because when I think of the USA-Canada matchups, just think of how many draft picks now are playing on both sides of the ice. It used to be you know, Canada would have all the talent and high-end picks. Now the U.S. has almost as many picks as Canada. And it's a real fun event to watch for that. It kind of reminded me of some of those North Dakota Gopher games where, you know, you've got five or six first round picks against five or six, you know, first round picks and they're at Excel and it's a big stage and it just gets you excited for the game to see that talent play against each other. Well, it's nothing but fun. <laughs> it's it's just good, fun hockey. <clears throat> And, you know, I don't have the NHL network anymore, but I did find a couple uh, nice feeds on YouTube that allowed me to watch the, the final game. So that's something we've got to get fixed, by the way. That, I mean, even like I, I do have NHL network on, on my cable package, but I can't watch it on my computer. I, I can't be out of the house watching it on my phone. So, I mean, come on. NHL network let, does okay. such a good job with things. And they're in the same building as NHL Network. They're run by the same people. Let's let's get this together and get it figured out and get all of that. Well, well, well. Let's talk about that TV. Um, uh, we obviously heard the you know Fox Sports North and Wisconsin kind of the the, the big regional networks announced their uh, plans to, for games. You know, Gophers are going to get ten games, and obviously Wisconsin's part of that. And you've kind of got your own package as well. Um, but the big thing around here, Todd, is that. Everyone's losing FSN. We don't get FSN anymore. Um, you know, Dish Network dropped them. People want, who were streaming on YouTube, streaming on Hulu, 
dropped there. Now everyone's like, we want the games on the Big Ten Network. All the games on the Big Ten Network. Whereas before, no, 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 no. Let's get it back on FSN. And it's just this back and forth. And Viggs, I see you smiling because it's, it's just, you know, the people are getting exactly what they wanted. They're getting a lot of FSN games. And boy, uh, because FSN is now under new ownership, uh, they've lost quite a few carriage deals. Right. This is almost what the fans have asked for, is get all the games on FSN. And I think part of that loyalty is why Sinclair maybe overpaid for the package. And now they're in this position where they got to come up with the money and probably the hardest economy to come up for money in this day and age because we don't know what sports are going to look like. They have all the cancellations. You know, the shortened seasons, it's probably pretty frustrating for them. But this is the hand that's been dealt. And uh, if you're a fan, you got to figure out a way to watch it. I know we've had people who've been telling us that you can log into some of the Fox Sports apps and use your Hulu or YouTube credentials to get into that system to maybe stream the games. You know, you can get into the Big Ten Plus and stream the games. Uh, but it's it's getting more and more complicated for smaller sports to figure this out. You know, I, I don't think Big Ten hockey is ever going to be a ratings driver at this point for hockey. You know, wrestling and gymnastics and volleyball sometimes compete just as well at the ratings for Big Ten yeah. hockey. So it's it's a difficult situation, I think, for everybody. And, you know, I, I think we're hearing it because Minnesota hasn't lost a game yet. And, and is your Fox Sports Wisconsin one of those networks that may uh, get some kind of uh... – Bally's name or some kind of gambling name. We're hearing that this spring that uh, some of these networks, these regional networks are going casino on us. Yeah. I haven't heard anything specific about Wisconsin on that one, but I mean, if it's all the same package, you have to imagine there's, there's some kind of, you know, they would want it to be consistently marketed, right? Where, yeah. you know, for the same reason why it's Fox sports, this Fox sports, that, even though I, I know there are a few different ones in that, in that family that, that are named, somewhat differently i don't i don't exactly remember which ones are are owned by which companies anymore but um i i I feel like that you know wisconsin has uh you know there's been you know interest in sports gambling here but the government officials have shut that down pretty quickly so um similar to here similar to here i don't know if they see an 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 outlet for legal sports gambling here but maybe that's not even the point anymore it's just the you know promoting the idea of that there's sports gambling going on somewhere and you can probably make it work if you make a run over the border to uh, i don't to iowa here you can get there in an hour and a half two hours and and throw everything down at the the sports book there that that just opened over the border and uh um i i wish i knew what the strategy was there but uh, behind the naming but um uh, th- there have been worse things named uh, uh, <laughs> around the country lately, uh, probably than than after sports betting. I I don't really know what to think anymore with those Vs. I mean, I- I'm guessing schools like the University of Minnesota is not high on having their games, well, hockey games, on Bally Sports Network. I think right now athletic departments are trying to figure out how to rub two pennies together and figure out their budget. You know, yeah. we've seen that right now at the University of Minnesota, they're going to start allowing some alcohol sponsorships. You know, how much do they go to Anheuser-Busch and how much do they go to, 
you know, local Surly and Summit for advertising revenue and partnerships, but they're looking for it. You know, even if it's going to be, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, they're trying to figure out ways to solve their budget holes because they can't go in the red. They're either going to have to take loans out to balance their budgets or do furloughs, and so they're they're just doing what they can to get their TV contracts fulfilled and keep the lights on. Oh, yeah, keeping the lights on. Well, we we need to recap a little bit what happened uh, this past weekend, Vigs, uh, or past week. Let's just say the the most recent two games. Since you know, we even heard some of the news conference today. You know, oh, the Saturday game we did this, and Jess Myers is like, wasn't that the Monday game? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all accustomed to it, so we understand it, but. Uh, uh, Minnesota, they did keep their undefeated streak going, Vigs. That's good. Um, they faced a lot more adversity, gave up the first goal, gave up their first lead, um, gave up their first power play, a couple power play goals this weekend, and, and actually were losing in both games. Um, I think it, it was, it was, I think there was actually a lot of good with this weekend because they did face some of that adversity that uh, we hadn't really seen yet. Yeah, it was a weekend where. You know, they're still trying to figure things out. You know, despite the record, this team does have some holes to it. They've been pretty fortunate, I think, with the amazing goaltending they've gotten from LaFontaine. Their power play has produced very well. Their penalty kill has has been really difficult to score against. And then this past weekend, we saw some of the holes show up during the game where they got scored on. And I think sometimes when you're dealing with college kids, until you can show them that what they're doing is wrong and it results in a goal against or some, you know, grade A chances against, it's hard to get through to them that what they need to do is important. So I think it's important for this team to go through that step of seeing some failure and how to correct it and why what they do is important. And I also think it was a good weekend because I think Coach uh, Matsko got a hold of Bryce Brodzinski a little bit and got his attention by putting him on the fourth line in the first game and then as the extra skater in the next. And he answered the bell a little bit. He looked a little bit more engaged, maybe found some magic uh, playing with Ben Myers and Blake McLaughlin and maybe got McLaughlin going a little bit too. I mean, I'd love to play with Ben Myers. He's he's a pretty easy guy to play with. So maybe that's the answer there. And then when you've got the Ranta Reedy line going like they are, you could probably put anybody with them and they'd be okay. So maybe the team is starting to figure some pieces out. Well, one thing we did see, Viggs, is uh, Minnesota, got, Minnesota got lacrosse gold or Michigan again. Um, I would say this was much more difficult goal much more pretty goal than that original one. Uh, the original Michigan one, though, was a uh, pressure situation was way higher. But, boy, Johnny Walker from Arizona State, get the puck bounces off the back of the the back of the goal, you know, back of the backboards, comes out, bounces right to him. He just smoothly just picks it right up, boom. I don't know. We're not going to see a better goal in college hockey this year. I, I'm a little bit on the flip side. I think Johnny Walker maybe lucked out with how the puck was bouncing. And then as it was on his stick, like laying flat, he's like, oh, I'm just going to lacrosse it. I don't know if he's got a lacrosse background or anything like that, but it almost looked like he's just like, oh, well, of course I'm going to do this. <laughs> you know, he's but, like, that's well, the yeah. best way to score. Oh, yeah. There's obviously luck there. I mean, there's luck in, in, in all of that, you know, the timing, where the where you are, things like that. But mm-hmm. 
And yes, you know, when he did put his stick on it, the puck was already flat. It, he didn't have to pick it up. He didn't really have just, to do much. It was just balancing it just right, you know. But well, he was able right. to do it with the one motion. Too, oh, yes. Right. Mike Leg had to do it, you know, and Smetchikov, they, they have to do the, the dip down. Yeah. So you, you know what's happening at that point, right? You don't necessarily know what Walker was doing when he when he gets the puck. It happened yeah. so fast. Around the boards and, and it just... Oh, it, it was it was around, so but. fast. I and and that's why I think Mo, you know, kind of give him the benefit of the doubt here. Like you just don't see that coming that quickly. Usually, if there's a pause behind the net, they can maybe catch it and figure out what's going on. But he, even he, you know, took it the right way after the game when he got it brought up. He's like, you know, it'd be real easy to be thinking about that the entire rest of the game, but you just have to let it go and enjoy the moment and focus on the next shot. You know, he's got pretty good attitude. He had a, he had a. He got hung out to dry a little bit for his first start. You know, yeah. if you look at some of the goals, like they just left guys right in the heart of the slot, totally uncovered for two of the goals. Then they had the wraparound. You know, that last one he lost a little bit in a struggle, but you know, he did okay for and, not and, seeing and, any action. And uh Todd, uh Mr. Doogie got us again. And he, he was kind of part of that rally, standing right out in front, nobody there. <laughs> He's gonna bury it against Minnesota because he always does. That, and and the the king of the the crazy bounces, Sean Doogie strikes again. Right? He, he, <laughs> it, the puck finds him when 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 it's uh, uh, bouncing weird. Uh, I don't know how that goes for him, but yeah, he, I mean, that's a that's a interesting story. The way that that all turned out for him and how he ended up in in Arizona this year. But um, I I I know that there were some some ruffled feathers towards the end of. Uh, last season uh, with the Badgers and him. So um, I, I, if he gets a spot to play and, and play every night and play in a, a top line in Arizona, can play golf all year round. Yeah. Are you going to argue with him? Are you going to blame him? And uh, now he, gets an, he can get another year out of it too because of the way, yeah. uh, the way that everything turned out. He, Vic- he better get another year. You know, spending – basically your entire hockey season on the road when you expected to be yeah. playing golf and hanging out on the ASU <laughs> campus as True. a right. young, young athlete. He'd better take advantage of that next year. Yeah, I would think so. That would make him six years, wouldn't it? Wow. I don't think he's got the NHL no, no. size. Did he play four, full four years at Wisconsin? No, no, he only played three. Okay, five years. Five that's... Years. that's that's still a lot. Oh. And, you know, and, and Todd, Viggs and I have been talking about, you know, whenever Minnesota has to go down a visit, we're doing like a podcast from Phoenix. We're just going to go down there and have a good time. Yeah, have to do it up. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, I hope you don't the- want to be the one that the series that ends up in October either. I mean, that's that. I mean, you kind of need it to be a January, February. Series. Yeah, it could be cold here in October, though. I love Minnesota. Oh, true, true. This part of the country, I lo- October is just the best. As long as we don't get snow, I love October. The um, golf game might still be sharp in October. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, boy. What can we do? Well, one thing we need to do is we need to hear from our sponsor. Hey fellow GPLers, this is Jerry Peters from First Class Mortgage. Interest rates are near all-time lows and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or use the equity in your home for debt consolidation and home improvement. 
The housing market is still hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approval letter from me before you start shopping. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call me today at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. My NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgages is 322842. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. All right. Of course, we thank Jerry for sponsoring the podcast. I'm um, I'm looking through the questions, and I think someone's giving you a hard time here, Todd. Big bucks guy. When will Todd start covering a real team? <laughs> I, and I was going to reply to that with a, uh, a Sopranos, oh! But I uh, decided to, to pass on it. What do you mean cover a real team? What can I do? I, you're covering a team. That's what you do. Covering- you cover them with their good, their bad, their evil, or great. You know, whatever. Bob thinks this is a good team you're covering this year. Wisconsin is dangerous this year. They're they're in second place. They're not bad. I I mean, they. You you compared last year to this year, and last year has the the show right. You know, you've got Turcotte, Caulfield, Holloway, Miller, Kalnug on the rise, Um, and you think, well, this is the team that's got to do something finally for the Badgers. Uh, and obviously it didn't end up that way. And then you're thinking, well, these guys are gone and, and what's left. Well, what's left is a more balanced team that, that knows how to, (laughs) and a little bit older that knows it has to work a little bit harder for what it wants. And I think they took that to heart over the off season, you know, whatever the off season was for a lot of those guys, because it was, it's weird for everyone, but, um, it, there's there's a little bit more grit in the game from them this year than uh, last year when it was the Flash. So yeah. um, that's not, not not saying they don't have talent. I mean, they, I mean, you put Caulfield and Holloway out there, and, and you know, Sam Stang is a, a really good young guy. He's he's going to be good in a few years. Um, and, and the depth that they have, that the older guys that they they can put out there. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a pretty good group. I mean, what I wanted to see at the start of the season to know whether they're going to have a chance is if they had better goaltending, because I mean, let's face it, that's, that has been a sore spot for years with the Badgers, which is hard to understand because it had been a, a bright spot for so many years before that decades. Um, sure. Right. Decades. Um, <laughs> And they just hadn't found the right pieces to be. I don't even want to say they needed someone to be a superstar in goal. They need someone to have a 900 save percentage and just get over that. Um, and they hadn't been able to do that in, in four and five years now. So that was the the big question I, I had. I think a lot of people had was, could they at least get that? that level of goaltending and so far they have. So um, does it continue? We've seen it before where they have a good first half and then fall off the deep end second half. Um, so uh, who knows where it goes from here, but, um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, they're, they're a team that's going to be in the mix 
as we start the second half here and then who, who knows how long it goes, but I, I feel like the way the big 10 is that everyone's going to beat each other up again as usual. Yeah. And, and uh, this may end up being like one of those years, you know, depending on where the Gophers go from here, like Notre Dame's first year in the big 10, where one team separates itself out and everyone else is yeah. fighting for those six spots, next six spots. Um, Viggs and I were actually talking at the beginning of last year, how, we we actually were very – we thought the Badgers would kind of be a lot better than they thought. Obviously, it didn't happen that way. But they also – you know, they started much earlier last year. They had that early – what they had that international or some kind of tournament that they have where, right, you know, they, they got the play. They went, yeah, they yeah. played way early. So they kind of got a team going long before anyone else. And, uh, and we were kind of both surprised at what happened, you know, after that because – you know, they, they had that extra time to gel that all the other schools didn't get. I felt like they got off to a pretty good start last year. But mm-hmm. as the season wore on, you just saw so many mistakes and players who were not invested. You know, coaches talk a lot, win face-offs, block shots, you know, play physical, be difficult to play against, don't commit turnovers at the blue lines. And when you watch Wisconsin that second half last year, you didn't see a lot of that. They just didn't seem engaged in playing winning hockey. They were out there looking to, I don't know, develop their skills and be ready to sign pro contracts and looking ahead rather than embracing the game right now. And I think that's one of the things that Minnesota that's flipped where a couple of years ago we saw Minnesota on the other end of that where players were not engaged in doing the things that it takes to play winning hockey. Players were developing, they were scoring points, they were going on to play pro hockey, but they weren't successful to get over the hub. And you just got to have that right mix of talent and grit to be a good hockey team in college hockey. And I think having those older players who've been through it, it can sink in a little bit more. And they can be the vocal players on your team that get everybody to elevate that part of their game. Todd, do you think that uh, that could have been some of the issues with Sean Doogie? You know, he's... One of those guys, it's like, obviously he's a team guy and uh, maybe he wasn't seeing that by a lot of the youngsters last year. I think there was uh, a a couple of issues there. While it's never been told to me this way directly, I've heard kind of through some different channels that there were, um, there was a blowing up in the last series of the regular season at Ohio State Mm -hmm. between doogie and the coaching staff uh, in the locker room and it 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 got to be where i don't think anyone thought it was a tenable situation mm-hmm. after that and it, because he was coming back from an injury uh uh and he was supposed to be able to play that weekend and, and tony Grano told me that week before that weekend yeah he's gonna play we need him in the lineup well they were on a little bit of a mini roll they had just swept over Arizona State, I think at home, uh, they went in there and and I think they won the first night. And so they they wanted to keep what they had going into the playoffs, and so they didn't put Doogie into the lineup. Um, and well, that obviously doesn't feel good when you're a, a junior and your you know your coach tells you yeah you're going to play, and then no you, you don't end up going in. Um, so there was that dynamic to it. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I do think there were, there were guys that didn't, um, didn't have that 
that team mentality. I don't know if he was one of them because he always he he was the first to point fingers at himself when, oh, when okay. there was a problem. So I, I, at least with us uh, in the media, and so I I don't I didn't see that directly out of him, um, but you never know what what things are going on inside the room or when guys are just you know three or four of them are together and uh, talking about other guys. Uh, there could have been something there. I, I, I don't know that for sure, but um, yeah, there, there were guys that, that did not buy into it. The, the team concept, like Viggs was talking about um, being different now for, for the Gophers that um, hard to win like that over a long, over a six month season, you can, you can win like that in stretches where you yeah. just have talent and you beat another team, but to do that consistently and to, and to, to keep that going over a long stretch that that's tough. And I, and I think too, sometimes players and coaches get in this point where there's different rules for different players or there are different mm-hmm. expectations for other players. So you can see a kid who's a first or second round draft pick, maybe get a little more slack than somebody else, or, you know, keep getting power play time when maybe they're not producing and the other players are thinking, that should be my spot. He's not getting it done. Why does he get this much slack? And I don't get any, you know, you get these conflicts that come up and it can be a wedge, especially if, you know, you're going up and down on a roller coaster season and that, that makes it difficult. It does indeed. Um, but, uh, one thing, um, as a fan, we always like want the Badgers to stink. <laughs> To an but, extent, to an extent, to an ex- but that's just it. To an extent, because when uh, you know, when all of us think of the big picture, we need the Gophers to be good. We need the Badgers to be yeah, good. Absolutely. We need yes. Michigan to be good in the Big Ten. We need those three traditional teams to be good in the Big Ten for the Big Ten to start getting some gravitas. Because you know, that's one of the things. Oh, the Big Ten, they still stink. You know, they don't, but. We kind of need one of those powerful Michigan teams, Minnesota teams, Wisconsin teams again, uh, to bring some of that gravitas back. I think we see in a, a lot of areas of our society today that false narratives take hold and they are incredibly difficult to shake. Um, that's all I'm going to say in that direction. But... I'm spinning that in that for years since 2013, people have wanted to take shots at the big 10, right? Because, you know, what have you guys done? Where are your national championships? What's, you know, you're getting one team in the tournament, you know, what compared to the, the, the big projections, where is it? Um, and especially when you have the NCHC going gangbusters on the mm-hmm. other side, um, I, I don't – I feel like it, it's it's been tough for the Big Ten to shake that. I feel like they're starting to turn a little bit. Now, is it going to reach the common fan who only knew – you know, for, for, from Wisconsin and only knew North Dakota and, and Denver as, as rivals and don't see Michigan State and Penn State as rivals in hockey? I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's there's always going to be that some animosity left over, um, but the farther away we get from it, um, I mean the the next generation will come and only know Big Ten hockey. 
I mean, we're getting already getting guys <laughs> playing Big Ten hockey who have, are pretty close to only having that like for half of their life. Yes, which is getting kind of scary. But um, yeah, well, well, we'll, a few more well we saw a fake Don Lucia tweet uh, the other night, Viggs. You know. You know, players on the U.S. gold team, what the Big Ten had was 11. NCHG had like three or something. I don't know if those are the exact numbers, but something along those lines. And, of course, we know love. We love fake, fake down just getting everyone going. Well, I mean, it's true, though. I think in college hockey, when you have a coaching change, it takes a while maybe for most coaches to find their footing and get their teams put together and figure out how to construct their roster. And maybe we're seeing that. I I was wondering what Granado was doing with the Badgers with his 40, 50 commits in the pipeline and then trying <laughs> to figure out how to get his roster together. Because I think when you have all that turnover and you have kids coming in and leaving and you don't have a structure for them to come into, you know, you're left, you know, treading water every year trying to figure it out before you can go anywhere. And so I think the coaches that transition – it takes a while. I think Moscow had a really good idea of what he wanted to do. And he went through some lumps to make it happen, but now he's seen some of the results. I think Mel Pearson at Michigan, you know, he went through some lumps trying to figure out what he had and, you know, Dan Cole, he's figuring out, you know, how do I be successful at Michigan state? You know, it's not like the rest of the schools in the conference, you know, they have some history, but no one who's playing hockey today knows what that history is. And then you got Penn State. They kind of play a different style. And Guy Godowski is like the villain out there. <laughs> doing his own thing. You know, it's an interesting conference. And it, it takes time for everyone to find where it's going. You know, Jeff Jackson, Notre Dame, you know what you're going to get there. He's been pretty consistent year to year. Um, so the, the programs are there. The finances are there. All these teams have very big budgets to support what they want to do. It's, it's eventually going to start heading the right direction. But I'm glad that Granado maybe has some things figured out now with his <laughs> roster construction to, to have a great series against Minnesota. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Guy Godowski there about being the bad guy, and he's kind of, he he kind of gives everyone that vibe, Todd. But what we what we learned this week, Todd, was uh, he hasn't seen his family in months, and uh, that's tough on anybody. Um, but you know, he, he he's got a wife that's a little more sensitive to. Uh, or could be more sensitive to COVID. So he's like, I'm not even going to come home. And uh, uh, that that's quite the sacrifice he's making. It's it. And we get kind of uh, blinded by some of this sometimes where we get, we see games happening and, and we start to feel like, okay, well, it's, there's a little bit of normalcy going on here, even though coaches, everyone's got masks on behind the bench mm -hmm. and everything. And, and, and then something like that you hear and it's like, oh, wow. Well, no, we're, we're pretty, freaking far from from normal mm -hmm. um and uh so yeah that was that was an interesting thing to to read about that um uh really kind of brought home where how how far away we are from from getting um from from this being a, a normal season or a regular season when when we can't even just have the normal relationships in person that um that in a family that that we would normally have and so yeah that was uh, uh eye-opening um and and you know we, we've talked to, among other people that you know we miss just being at the rink with 
yep. people we know and seeing that every day or every week or like with you guys uh, when I would come up there, you know, just, just hanging out for a while. But I mean, it's stuff like that. That's like, whoa, that's, that's on a different level than, than our smaller concerns like that. And I know, uh, Todd, you've been covering a, a lot of the WCHA for the women and, uh, boy, both the Badgers and Gophers have had so many games rescheduled and, and canceled due to COVID on other teams and, you know, their own teams as well. Um, it's really affecting the women's game quite a bit more than the men's Big Ten for now. Yeah. So to put it in some perspective, the Badgers women's team hasn't played a home game yet. Their first one is tomorrow, Friday afternoon. They, they play Ohio State Friday and Saturday. They play the Gophers here, I believe, next Friday and Saturday, if I'm remembering it right. And that's two of the three home series they'll play all season. In, wow. in a span of nine days or whatever it is. Um, and, and it, you know, for a team, and this is a team that, that generates so much from its home crowd. I mean, it, mm-hmm. if, if you're ever at a game at Lebon Arena, women's game, and, and it's, you know, especially one of the games against the Gophers or uh, Duluth sometimes, uh, you know, you get some energy in there. You get a couple visiting fans and it gets going a little bit. That's, I mean, that's what college hockey is that, that buzz in the building. And obviously we don't have that anywhere this year, but um, to only be able to play six home games. And I mean, there may be a seventh if, if there's an NCAA regional and, and we get to that point and, and they're hosting it. That's a, that's gotta be just a, you know, a, a, a tough way to, to go through a season after you already just had your season the end of your season, the best part of your season pulled out from you, you know, nine, 10 months ago. Um, but, but I credit to them for, for trying to put on a season because I mean, there are, you could go around every corner and say, man, let forget it. I mean, there's, there's a reason <laughs> here to say, let's just shut it down and come back next year, but they wanted to give it a go. They feel like they can do it. Um, so they're making the effort. And so, I, 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 I've heard from both sides saying, you know, why are they doing this? You know, they don't, they're not making money. They don't get TV revenue. Why are they bothering? But I, I, I don't feel like, you know, if there's any way of doing it, people should try. Yeah. That, that's, that's where I, I've landed on my own thoughts about it. Um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, and you, you circle the wagons, but um, give it a go. Well, you, you speak about Lebon, and that's where the men's team have has moved this year, and, and the rink is ninety-one feet three inches wide. Correct. That's, uh, <laughs> we were the the long-held belief, and it's in the notes, is that it's two hundred by ninety. Uh, <laughs> but and I wrote that at one point, and I was corrected by the the rink manager at uh, Lebon in the Cole Center who said, no, it's 91 feet, three inches. So this, Hey, all right. Do, do we know I'll, if that I'll was a that. mistake? Do we know if that was a mistake <laughs> when they, when they laid it out? Maybe you had some, maybe you didn't have a Madison graduate doing it. Maybe. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Now, um, no, I, I, I think it just ended up being one of those things that was kind of passed down and someone told the coach, yeah, it's 90 feet. And so that's how it was used in in the first couple of years and no one ever bothered to maybe even measure it after it was done or 
Um, it's kind of like one of those Ikea furniture things. They're like, what's this screw and board for? No idea. <laughs> you know, just flood it. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah. Uh, Have you been covering games at the Laban? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the men's team has played, I want to say six home games so far. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I've been there for those, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's weird. I must say both women's teams for, for both schools have spectacular arenas. Perfect for, uh, that, that hockey. I, I still, I still, I still think Ritter is one of the best arenas to watch a game, especially if you can get up in the press area in, in Ritter. Mm-hmm. A lot of times some of those suites are open there and sometimes you can kind of sit in one of those suites even and report from there. You're overhanging the ice. You're such a great view. I'm guessing Laban is not a lot different. It's not. It it's got a pretty similar design without the the suites mm-hmm. and with only three sides because the one goal side is is there. It just is a wall like old Mariucci. Yeah, it kind of cuts down a little bit even into the wall to be able to fit it in there. Um, but I, I do wish Laban could have been a little bit bigger. Uh, seating wise, because they have no shot at ever having a, a frozen four there. Uh, what is it? What is it seat? Uh, twenty two seventy three is the number that they will yeah, I think, uh, sell out at, and NCAA wants thirty five hundred, I believe. And, and I and, think Ritter's like thirty eight. Yeah, close. Uh, but and and Ritter also has you know the amenities there they have the suites they have that the club room up there yeah they they do and 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 they they can connect the mariucci even for extra locker rooms if they need to so which which they can do here at the cole center too because it's it's all connected okay okay which actually comes into play this weekend because and i'll I'll get into this in, in a minute because there's only one uh full team locker room in laban and so which has never been a problem before because you know, not not talking about the the Badgers locker rooms, visiting team locker room. There's one there, and then there's one that they can use for high school teams. That's the separate one. Doesn't have all the the stalls yep. and, and yep. showers and whatnot. But so never a problem because men don't play there. Women are the the only team that have visitors in there. Well, that's not the case this year. And so this weekend, there's a women's series Friday Saturday. There's a men's series Saturday Sunday. You've got a crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to write about this. I think it's going to run next week about the logistics of all of this, but <clears throat> the Gophers are practicing here tomorrow. They have a locker room in the Cole center. So they have to go from the Cole center through the tunnel, which runs right past the, the Badgers where the Badgers come in and out. So this is part of the problem of having that locker room is you'll have teams coming together uh, and get on the Laban from there. During the game on Saturday, uh, they will move, they will dress for warmups in the Cole Center locker room, come onto the ice. Then, it's, it, after they've sanitized the LeBron oh. locker room from the Ohio State people having left, they will move everything from the Cole Center locker room to the LeBron locker room. So, either after the warmup, before the game or after the first period, they will go into the Laban locker room. And it's, it's what in the world? <laughs> the pieces here are, are are kind of staggering to to think about. You know, I would say 
Well, I guess the, the period breaks are shorter now. I'll just let them keep that. Just stay that's, in the other locker room. That's the thing. Because you know what right. they do? I'm guessing it's not a much bigger walk than it is now. Because, you know, like when the Gophers practice at Ritter, they just dress in their locker room and they just walk right over, don't they, Viggs? Right. It's it's yeah. probably the same uh, same yeah. distance, yeah. I've had some uncomfortable walks with Don Lucia from practice at Ritter back to Mariucci <laughs> for uh press interview, especially when we have to wait a little bit for everybody to get there or something like that. Don made it uncomfortable for you? It could be awkward. He warmed up to me at the end, but there were a couple couple walks that were a little I, uncomfortable. I only had the one weird, awkward time with Don. And that was when he was just replaced by Mr. Motsko. And uh, I'm there with Craig Floor, about to go up the elevator in TCF Bank Stadium for the announcement of Motsko. Lucia comes over to go up in the elevator with me and Craig Floor, and he's talking about him. When do I need to hand over my keys to my office? And it was just like, oh, it was just so weird to be standing there. <laughs> but I was, and it was a weird lock. It was a weird ride up the elevator too, because it's like, yeah, you're the outgoing guy, and you were literally just talking to Craig Floor about giving your keys for your office back to Craig. I almost wonder though, did he have a little grin on his face? Like he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay to hand over the keys. I'm ready to go to Italy with my wife and, <laughs> and hang out with the grandkids. You know, I think I think Don was ready. <sighs> okay, guys, let's talk about this weekend. Um, Gophers coming in ten and zero. Badgers coming in around five hundred, at least in the league. Uh, Todd, with all the five zero five two, all these. Shootout loss. Nine oh two one oh. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's it's the kind of thing that I have to get off of my uh, phone and enter in the websites <laughs> when I log in. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but uh, Viggs, uh, this team has obviously been playing well. They played this past weekend. Wisconsin hasn't played in a while. Minnesota needs to take advantage of that, uh, Viggs. Yeah, I think so. I think Minnesota has a couple lines going really well right now and they're going in a way that I don't think they need to score on the rush or the power play to be successful. I think they're going to generate pressure in the zone. I think Reedy and Ranta are playing maybe as best as any pair I've seen for Minnesota in a, a couple of years. I mean, I, I can't really think back and have a pair come up that's playing as well as they are right now. And they just dominate possession. They get pucks to the net and they're always dangerous and, I think the Badger D will have their hands full with those two. And if McLaughlin can get going here, you know, playing with Ben Myers, that could be a dangerous group. So I think Minnesota is on the up and up getting their defensemen back. I think this weekend you won't see a drop off from those guys. They're still going to have the adrenaline pumping, especially having teammates on the other team that are now opponents. They'll be ready to go. And I, I think Minnesota is probably going to come out with two wins here. Ooh. Uh, Jack will probably see both games. He's been playing outstanding. Even when he's had time off, he's been sharp the next time out. So I think it'll be entertaining hockey, though. I'm really interested to see if Caulfield's play carries over because I felt that times last year, it didn't. He he had so much talent, and he was really good on the power play, and he was really good when he had space. But I thought he had trouble uh, a lot of time last year in the Big Ten. So I'm interested to see how he plays in this game. Todd, when is the last time the Badgers officially played? 
uh, December 4th. And I'll give Ooh. you this. Uh, I had looked it up uh, wow. earlier today. This is the longest stretch without a game. Uh, when you include um, uh, exhibition games, because a lot of times they would play, you know, yeah, the, still in there. The U18s or, or yeah. someone uh, over the break. Uh, longest uh, stretch without a game in midseason since 1930s something. And all because your 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 Michigan State series was nixed right at the end there. Right, they were supposed to play uh, Tuesday when I think the same nights you yep. Gophers were playing Michigan. Correct. Um, yep. Remembering it right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that got uh, uh, postponed because of uh, COVID tests on the the Badger side. So yeah, they they had to bus home. <laughs> And two buses, and Ooh. whoever was positive had to go home in a car service, and it was a oh, uh, that's uh, not good. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 the way it works, though. So um, you get a bad Uber rating when you. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that. that, uh, that yeah, have, having COVID uh, probably decreases your your your, your stars there. Yeah. Well, what are you expecting then, Todd? I was going back today because uh, I was trying to write my my preview, and I was like, "When's the last time I saw this team? And, <laughs> and what, what do I remember about it?" And, and because they played on the road, and I wasn't at that series at Ohio State, it 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 feels like forever since I've seen them. And the what they left with was uh, they got swept by Arizona State here before they went and played mm-hmm. Ohio State and split there. But those four games, they were without uh, four forwards who were out with COVID protocol and Dylan Holloway. So five forwards down, including three or three set your top three centers, maybe not top three centers, but three of your top four centers. Um, So it was a a skeleton crew those couple weeks. And that first weekend against Arizona, Arizona State, they were just kind of, they hadn't figured it out at that point. And so... I, I I don't as much as that's gonna cost them in the end. I feel like in in you know how you're comparing teams this year. Um, I, I I don't feel like that's a, that was a great judge of of, of the Badgers just because of what oh, they didn't have. Definitely not. Um, so I, I I go back to like okay, what am I gonna see here this weekend? Well, I I feel like. You know, if if Caulfield and Holloway come back and are at you know their their normal levels, this is the first time they'll be back at full strength as a team or full roster since that first series they played at Notre Dame, which they I mean they looked really good in that series. They they swept both games or they won both games. Um, so I feel like they 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 will have a chance to do something this weekend. Uh, I just don't know. I, I'm having watched the Gophers this last couple of, uh, of games. It just seems like a team that's got the swagger back and it has the, um, you know, if, if something goes wrong, eh, we'll fix it. And that to me is, is where you get a team that ends up being a, a regular season champion and, and, and can go over the, the, the long haul when you can figure out what's going wrong in the moment and fix it, because a lot of the teams have to do that the next day and fix it. And, and they can't uh, adjust in the moment. I, I feel like I, I've seen that from this group that, you know, we can recognize what's wrong. We're not going to panic. Just, just go out and have a, a, a better shift the next time. 
Um, so I, I would, I don't like picking sweeps because I don't, I think it's really hard to sweep, but it I is. would not be surprised seeing, seeing the Gophers sweep here and, and keep that role. And Viggs, boy, if they sweep, they're way ahead in the big 10 standings. It could be not technically over, but they had, they would have a large lead Viggs. It'd be a large lead. They still have a lot of things to work on though. I mean, this is oh, yeah. a perfect team. I do agree with Todd, though. This is a team that when they have had things go wrong or whatever, they've been pretty good at showing some resiliency, and they've talked about it. You know, on the bench, people are more vocal. They're more comfortable getting everybody back in line to play what you have to do to have winning hockey, and they play percentage hockey. This isn't a team that turns a lot of pucks over for long stretches of time. This is a team that doesn't come out and have a bad 10 minutes. So I think it's it's shaping out to be a good uh, second half here. And I think this will be a good measuring stick for Minnesota. It's hard to know what to make of the first half, you know, and it's hard to know what to make of the Gophers against ASU and what that means. So I think there's <laughs> a lot of things still to be decided here, and it'll be interesting to see this next stretch of games, what's happening in the conference. Well, it's hard to know what to make of this season in general. <laughs> <laughs> How do you look at from uh, how do you connect one weekend to the next or one series to the next? Uh, just not knowing, are you going to have the same team this game to this game? No. Are you going to have to shut it down and, and be out for three weeks and then have to try and pick it up again? That those are the things that I would think would would scare the heck out of out of coaches not knowing, you know, what that's going to look like. And I think that's why Minnesota added Colin Schmidt. They're just like, hey, he's on campus. He's going to school here. He's a local kid. Let's get him on the roster. See what happens. That's why there's you a, have all the defensemen that they have. There's a ton of teams that have that have added someone, uh, be it from you know Anchorage or, or or Union RPI teams that aren't playing this year, or from one there a kid that's would have been coming in in a future year uh, out of juniors because this this year won't count against them. It's kind of a free year, um, so. I, I'm surprised maybe a little a little bit that more teams didn't do that to try and just – I mean, you don't want a kid to come in and not do anything and just sit out in case uh, you need uh, a body at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice to have that, that uh, insurance uh, policy too. Todd, what are you working on for this weekend series uh, with, the, with the Wisconsin State Journal? Well, the uh, – the, the lead quote from the story I'm working on uh, for uh, be for Saturday's paper, so it should be up on the site sometime tomorrow, uh, is a Badgers player saying, uh, but they haven't played us yet. Mm. About the Gophers. So. Billboard material. <laughs> Hold it up a little bit there. I like that. Um, I like that. So, I like kids, you know, I like, I like kids, you know, even if they have things, bring it on. I love that attitude. That, and it was that came out of I was talking about how I had seen uh, in, in in our Zoom with with the the player that you know I'd seen this swagger back out of Minnesota and it's you know something that I remember seeing out of you know guys like Crowley and Bonin and I mean oh. those guys back in that era that is just like you just said my boy's name Crowley's my all time favorite player all time favorite knew that. You, I mean you went in the Mariucci and you probably weren't going to win because just of the way they were acting. I mean, that they knew that they were really good. Then they could, you know, almost put out a, a B effort and still beat you. <laughs> um, 
and, and at least that's a lot of the Minnesota Wisconsin games that I saw in my youth anyway. Um, not to say that, that the Crowley era was my youth. That was my, you know, middle, you know, I, I he, well, Crowley went to my high school. So, and he was after me. Um, uh, I think I was a senior when he might've been a freshman or something like that. So, uh, but still, I mean, I thought he was magic at, at, at Minnesota. You know, he's, he's one point from the defenseman record in points at Minnesota and he played three seasons and Richards who has the record played four. Um, I, I will always have him as my all time favorite player and uh, it'll be tough for someone to, to beat that. Yes. But, but so I was bringing up that swagger and the, the, okay. the, the players that I was talking to were kind of saying, you know, talking about, yeah, we're all right. We, we think we can play with them. So it's, it's, it I, does, they do have that kind of, they're they're trying to come with that same kind of attitude too, which I think is a great way. For I love it. To go in. On both I sides. love that. I just love that. Uh, it's it's just it's just great. Well, I'm picking sweep. I mean, of course I'm picking sweep, right, Viggs? I picked sweep all year and I've been doing pretty well. So I got to keep it going. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong. And uh, and if they don't, hey, they don't. Because you know you know uh, Moscow said it today, Viggs. We're gonna get punched in the face. It's gonna happen. It could happen yep. at any time. They got a little punch in the face by Arizona State. The Badgers could easily do it this weekend, Viggs. I think if Minnesota has a game like they played in the second night against ASU this weekend against Wisconsin, Bucky's going to get OW. Mm-hmm. You can't play that way against a team like Wisconsin. There's just too much talent on that team. And if they get a lead and would stretch it out, I think it would be tough. I do have to throw this one in there. I looked it up. The, the last time the Gophers were number one coming here, the Badgers were also number 12. Same as the rankings oh. they are now. Badgers won a couple of 2-1 games. So, um, Bring it. History, that's that's I fun. Don't know I love what it. it means, but those are the kind of things I love looking up. <laughs> we need it. We need some more rivalry. We need We need to kind of amp this up a bit. It's it's been a great year for the for that they were talking about you know having the local or the closer teams play six or eight times. This would have been a great year for that, wouldn't it? Oh, I can't disagree with you there. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Todd. It's always great to have you on the podcast. Absolutely, I'm glad. I glad you guys invited me. I yeah. will do this anytime, and we'll definitely have you back for when uh, when the Badgers come here uh, down the road. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's GPL podcast. Obviously, we want to thank Todd Molesky for joining us on the podcast. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week to recap the Badger series and uh, preview the series with Notre Dame coming to town. For those of you currently watching on YouTube, stay tuned. We'll have a little bit of overtime coming up next for us you we'll see you next week thanks for listening